0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You went online to switch your car insurance to Progressive so you could save money. But then you saw a friend request from an old summer camp buddy. And now here you are, clicking through photos of his kickball team from 2011. Looks like they won the championship that year. Then he moved to Tulsa. Oh, a new tattoo. Yes, they said it was easy to save hundreds on car insurance with Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates National Average Savings by New Customer Surveyed who saved in 2019.
2: The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast post-game show is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. Mariska's and Crest Hill, family owned and operated since 1933 and Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. For more info visit chuckscafe.com. Let's drop the victorious puck.
0: Welcome to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show with 670 the Scores Jay Zawoski and NBC Chicago's James Navo.
1: Welcome into our first ever victorious edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast post game show. I'm naked. I am James Nevo from NBC 5 Chicago and with me as always is Jay Zawoski of 670 the Score. Jay, we have a win to talk about, man. How about
2: that? Hawks going to the Super Bowl. Hawks going Super to the Super Hawks, Bowl, my friend. Super
1: Bowl, my friend.
2: All right, so we talked briefly off the air and I said I think our first segment should be nothing but positives just because it's been so long since we've had a positive post-game show. I agree. And then in the second segment, even though we don't really take a break into post-game shows, we'll just, like, make an arbitrary sound or something <laughs> to bring up the segments, <laughs> and then we'll talk about what actually happened. So let's start with the positive. Corey Crawford is back. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Saves a Jack Eichel penalty shot in overtime to keep things going, and then Gustav Forsling with a little wrist shot, put puck on net, good things happen And the Hawks win 3-2 in overtime over the lowly Buffalo Sabres.
1: And not only did he put puck on net, but he did it in a really smart way by circling the zone, even though he only had 10 seconds left in the overtime when he got that puck, circled the zone, allowed Ristolainen to be kind of screen and learner in front, and boom, goal scored, Blackhawks win. It was actually a really smart move by Forsling to kind of wait a beat to shoot that puck, to see if he could either get a clear lane or maybe even an inadvertent screen, and it worked. It was a very smart decision, and I definitely appreciated it. And, yeah, give him some props for that. That was a really good play. And then, like you said, Corey freaking Crawford, man. This team missed him badly, obviously. We all knew they would. Didn't really uh, show a lot of rust tonight. Didn't get challenged a whole heck of a lot. Buffalo really didn't have many sustained possessions. It wasn't really a Corey Crawford game. But when he got challenged, for the most part, he was pretty solid, and I didn't really see any roughs. So yeah, man, there was definitely some good, and thank God, I was getting so sick and tired of it being nothing but Blackhawks suck, Blackhawks are doomed, yada yada. Feels good to just be able to sit and watch a hockey game, that some guys are doing things well, and the Blackhawks come away with a win against the team that they needed to beat. And it was good, man, it was really good.
2: Well, you talked about on the last postgame show how this this next stretch here is where the Hawks can make up some ground on some games they lost. And uh, for a long time tonight, it did not look like that was going to be the case tonight. But again, we're staying positive here. So another positive until we get to the second segment where I go Pfft, to break it up or whatever whatever <laughs> sound I decide to make, that's what we'll do.
1: Toilet flushing.
2: <laughs> Vinny Henestrosa makes his debut tonight, and I think he played very well. I was very pleased with what I saw from him He fit right in. I was a little concerned that they were starting him at center, but I think things worked out okay. He played okay at center, and there was one shift in the third where he was just getting chance after chance after chance. Alex DeBrinckit scores, so these young guys, they're doing the job. That's good news. Got some more good news?
1: Yeah, I've got a few other things here. How about Connor Murphy? How good has he been since he moved to the left side of the ice? It is so... It's not even a thing that we even really thought about, you know, the entire offseason. What did we talk about the whole time? Why did they acquire Connor Murphy? They needed another right-handed shot. They needed to balance out their pairings, yada, yada. Sure enough, Joel Quendell moves him to the left side of the ice, and all of a sudden, he's playing really solid hockey. And I've really liked what I've seen from Connor Murphy. We've seen a lot of good aggressiveness from him, a lot of pinching in, lots of shots from the point. He's still been keeping good defensive position. To me, it's been remarkable watching him move to the left side because it was so counterintuitive and so counter everything we had talked about in the preseason. And yet it's working. And it's like one of the few moves that Joe Quinville has made recently that really has been the right button to push. And it's worked out fabulously.
2: I will say, uh, I agree with you on that. Um, but because we're staying positive, I'm going to agree with that, but put a dot 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 after it to get to in the second segment. Okay. Um, Richard panic, I thought had a pretty good game too. a great scoring chance late where Lerna just got a, just got a toe on it. It was at the end of the second period, actually, and Pat Foley sort of mentioned it like, man, if he's he's getting close, you know, those moments are there where Richard Panik's getting his good shots on goal. Uh, he's going to score soon, I hope. Um, but seeing him get good chances is a good sign. Um, yeah, I mean, Crawford, to Brinkett, Murphy, uh, all pretty good things tonight. Now I think we should move on to the second segment. What do you think? Do
1: you want to get the toilet flush sound effect going? Is that what we're going to do here?
2: Um, well, I don't have it.
1: Nah, it's fine. You know what? We'll do, I'll do one more quick positive. Sorry. Okay. Patrick Kane had five shots on goal tonight. So, you know what? We kind of bashed him for looking disinterested on Wednesday. I thought there was a little bit more uh, zip in his game tonight. Getting five shots on goal was definitely a good thing. And hopefully for the Blackhawks, he can kind of get going again because they desperately need him to do that.
2: Speaking of disinterested. Now we begin the second half of the show.
1: Yay. Uh,
2: There were a lot of Blackhawks that were making some very, very uh, lazy, lack of hustle, lack of focus sort of mistakes tonight. I saw one by Brent Seabrook in particular where he was lazy behind the net and Ryan O'Reilly just took the puck away. And then moments later, the same exact thing happened with Connor Murphy where Ryan O'Reilly came and took the puck away. There was a moment where Jonathan Taves had a chance to make a play behind the Sabres net in the third period, took his eye off the puck, and it rolled harmlessly past him. The Hawks are still in the mode where they believe this is still 2015, 2013, 2010, where they can just show up and beat teams. It's not the case anymore. They have to give their full effort to win most nights. And yeah, they got the win in overtime tonight, but it took a late goal in regulation and a late goal in overtime to get that second point against a team that is 17-0 19 I'm sorry I'm looking at the wrong team here that is 17 17 and 5 on the season so if you just they feel like they're just going to roll out the pucks put the skates on and just go out there and kick this team's ass guess what it's not the case and for you to need the last very second of overtime to beat the Buffalo damn Sabres there's a problem and you should not be showing up with that attitude of assumption that you're just going to show up and get two points it's not the case anymore I don't know why they're so late in realizing it, but it's true.
1: Yeah, and you you mentioned Brent Seabrook already, and boy, let me tell you something. That penalty that he committed in the third period is one of the laziest penalties I have ever seen in my life, and then he had the audacity to squawk at the official as he goes to the penalty box. Let me break some news to you, Brent Seabrook. If you're going to commit that kind of a penalty and showcase that lack of speed, that lack of effort, you deserve to be stapled to the bench next game. Put Jordan Esterly or put uh, Michael Kempney in there next game. That kind of crap from Brent Seabrook has got to stop. He is not good enough anymore to just make those little lazy interference penalties and do whatever little things he wants to do on the ice. If he's going to play like that, he deserves a seat, and it really irritated me to see Joel Glenville put him right back out there. There was zero accountability for that, and I thought it was completely absurd that he got away with that, and it was one of the things in the game that really kind of stuck out to me. And then there was another play, too, and it came in the overtime. You mentioned Jonathan Taves at a couple of moments where he could have taken shots and didn't, There was a really bad defensive lapse by Jonathan Taves in that overtime period where he basically just gave up and let Jack Eichel blow right past him, left Gustav Forsling out to dry. You could almost see, like, the look in Gustav Forsling's eyes, the, oh, my God, I'm about to die look, because he knew that Tabes just passed him off, and Eichel just blew past him, and then Eichel blew past Forsling, and he had to commit the penalty to keep him from scoring. It was a really uncharacteristic, lazy play by Jonathan Taves, And I couldn't believe what I was seeing. You don't ever see him do stuff like that. And yet there he was, just passed him off. It was like in football, when a cornerback passes off the guy to the safety and the safety doesn't realize that he's doing it. And he has to scramble and commit a pass interference penalty. That's exactly what it was. Just either a miscommunication or just a really boneheaded play by Taves. And man, as soon as you said we needed to bring up some negatives, those two plays instantly leapt to mind.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, it's that was sort of the, the thing to me was the effort level was the just assumption that, oh, we're going to win, you know doesn't matter what the last five games have told us, but we're, we're just going to win this game. We could play at 75% and get the point. Well, actually, I guess they were right because they did play at 75% and they did get the win, but uh, it, it took, you know, every almost last second of the game for it to happen. I just, you know, it's positive. They won. They really did dominate the Sabres. If you look at the shots on goal and the possession and all that stuff, but there were just so many moments of difficulty that didn't need to happen that were preventable that you know, could have made this game maybe the blowout it should have been. Um, I don't know. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. I, I don't know what really is going to change here either. Aside from the fact, maybe the Hawks lo- should look at the standings, see that they're not in a playoff spot right now, and that they it took everything they had to beat the Sabres. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I just uh, Every day that goes by, win or lose, you're just sort of getting hit with the reality that this is an average team. And maybe they're the last ones to realize it, but they're going to sooner or later. And hopefully when they do, it's not too late.
1: By the way, I have a new uh, idea for a segment on the show. If you will indulge me, mm. I believe we we need to have a du- a Duncan Keith shot counter since his last goal with the Blackhawks. Duncan Keith has oh, taken 97 shots on goal. And he has not scored. If you include the postseason and preseason, that number is one hundred and fifteen. One hundred and fifteen shots in a row without scoring. I believe that we can get that that segment sponsored, and I believe it will be something that our listeners will look forward to. And as soon as I say <laughs> that, he will score on Sunday of against Arizona. Uh,
2: we'll get our sponsored by Rolex, and it'll be like one shot. And then by the time I sell it, he'll score. Yep. So, yeah, no, it, it's weird. Yep. It's weird. And think about this. Think about all the opportunities to shoot that Duncan Keith has where he intentionally shoots it wide, mm-hmm. looking for a redirection or the stupid slap pass or, you know, uh, man, if, maybe if you put him on net, that number would be twice as high. Maybe that's why he's shy to put <laughs> the puck on net because he doesn't want that number to go up. Yep.
1: Oh, man. Can, can I do one more negative? And it's kind of like just a silliness thing. It's not even really like I was mad. I was kind of impressed.
2: You could do whatever you want, man. It's your show. That
1: Patrick Sharp backhand late in regulation, how in the name of all things that are holy did he not score? Literally had six feet of wide open real estate and put it not off the near post, which would have been completely understandable. You backhand a shot, it goes off near post, that happens. He put it off the far post. How does that work? I am boggled my mind is just melting from the insanity of that i could not believe he did not score
2: Ugh. when you're 2017 patrick sharp that's what happens uh, <laughs> that, that, oh I, I guess it's just who he is now he's just the dude that doesn't score anymore
1: somebody commented that it's hard to score a goal when you're carrying a walker and i just about died it was hilarious. That's sad. That's
2: sad. I'm not going to take shots at his expense. It's not his fault he's old. I'm turning 40 next week, so I'm feeling sensitive to the ageist comments of people. But, um, yeah.
1: I. It's all in good fun. That's about,
2: have I ever told you about the uh, we were playing intramurals in college? No one cares about this, but I'm going to tell it anyway. And I had a chance. I swear to God, if I tried to do this 100 times again, I couldn't do it. Uh, a little scrum in front. I would say st- I stood in front of the goalie for, uh, you know, the power play because I was fat and I just took up a lot of room. Puck hits the goalie. The puck gets behind the goalie. I get behind the goalie. So I'm in the crease. The goalie's behind me and the puck's in front of me. So literally, if I like f- if I burped, the it would have rolled in. Right. I decide to get fancy and lift the puck, you know, to make it look cool. I lift it directly straight up in the air (laughs) oh
1: (laughs) my god whoop
2: like a straight shot right up to the ceiling and lands on the other side of the net i could not have bent james i could not have been closer to the goal line and i'm like well i'm just gonna roof this for style points yeah i roofed it right (laughs) i shot it directly straight up in the air
1: my god
2: that was embarrassing. Yeah, and you host that a hockey was em- podcast. The- yeah, that's not. <laughs> I, yeah, that's why I do that instead of scoring hockey goals. <laughs> but oh my god, that was awful, awful. Anyway, Oof. that was my story for the day. It's story time with Jay. Um, but yeah, all right. But there was some good stuff tonight. I think overall better. You know, a better. You feel better about this game because of the dominance they had. Yes, it's a bad team. I liked that Henestros is here. I hope he's here to stay. Um, I don't know how we didn't think of Tanner Caro as a waiver option. We sort of were talking about Osterly as the guy who we thought they were going to wave to get Henestros up here. And we mentioned Caro's name, but we never said, like, just wave Tanner Caro.
1: Well, I think we thought that they only had one extra forward, and it would have made sense to get rid of an extra defenseman when you have two of them and you're literally not playing either of them like it just well, kind of yes, that would like simple sense, but r- roster math but yeah we totally missed the boat on it whatever you know what people don't listen to us for accuracy they listen to us for vitriol and fun times so whatever
2: <laughs> exactly we are known as the angry podcast that's the one yes the, if you and i have a... angry
1: happy go lucky yeah. podcast, if
2: you and i have a reputation it's to be angry and negative that's y- you and me
1: and we're sjw's
2: <laughs> <laughs> although of course of course all right that's gonna do it for Yuck. this post-game edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. By the way, our Wolves event, January 20th, is tickets are half gone. So we've been talking about it for a week and a half. Half of them are gone. The event's January 20th. If you want to get in, you got to sign up now. You got to buy those tickets now because they're going to go, especially now that I'm telling you the rate at which they're selling. People are going to go, oh, crap, I can't wait anymore and buy these tickets. When I say they're half gone, that means 25 are left. 25 tickets. So if 10 people buy a pair, you're crap out of luck, basically. Basically. So check out the link in the description of this podcast. It'll have a link to buy the tickets and for more info on the event. That's January 20th, 2018, at 7 p.m. against the Bakersfield Condors, Chicago Wolves, Madhouse, Chicago Hockey Podcast outing. You don't only get tickets to the game, everyone with a ticket gets a Wolves hat, a Wolves bag, a Madhouse Podcast t shirt and a madhouse podcast koozie so make sure you sign up to join us at the wolves game and until then we'll talk to you next time on the madhouse chicago hockey podcast post game show which has been brought to you by triple threat sports Marishka's, and chuck's southern comforts cafe we'll talk to you soon
0: Making the
1: world healthier, safer, and more efficient. That's the mission for IT professionals at
0: Lidos. And right now, they're looking for the next generation of innovators to help transform the business and change the future of work. Excellent pay and sign-on bonuses available. Security clearance required. Put your software skills to work with Lidos. Learn more at Lidos.com slash phx2. That's L-E-I-D-O-S dot com slash phx2.